I'm Dr. Hernan Murdoch, and I'm talking with Dominic Claudio. He is lead finance and internal controls consultant from RGP. And one of the things that I like to do, Dom, is talk to people about uh, where they grew up, because we know we spend a lot of time talking about internal controls and risks and technologies and procedures and frameworks, and that's all good, of course. But there's an individual, and we are a collection of professionals doing this very important and challenging job. So I like to start with the individual as well. And part of that is finding out where people grew up, where they uh, acquired the kind of character traits that uh, brought them to the point where today we're having this conversation and that we then look at you and say, well, this is a very accomplished individual, someone I look up to. That's why you're here. And how does that help to frame who you have become? So let's start there. Where do you grow up and how did that upbringing help to frame and shape your values and your character? Okay, that, that, that's fine. That's a good question. I mean, so I grew up in New Jersey in a middle-class family. What was important uh, was our family values, our respect, and, and the positive mindset that were out there that we had in our daily lives. My mother and father always instilled that in myself and to my sisters. You know, it was important that you had the respect and that you always had things from a positive outlook, never a negative, okay? You know, our philosophy was, you know, what helped me in my career is what I want to do uh, in, in the opportunities that I had in the companies that I worked for to be successful. And I carried that through, you know, all along my, my career path, you know, I was looking, you know, to develop knowledge and expertise. You know, I always taught that, you know, learn from, you know, others' examples, always pick that up and use that as part of your growing and as a tool for you uh, to become an expertise or gain that knowledge. And I did that, you know, in a lot of my internal audit practices. Uh, and I developed best practices, how I developed um, risk-based controls, how I used that as part of Sarbanes-Oxley or SOX programs, you know, and which actually worked as developing ethics and compliance programs for a lot of major companies. So over time, that information that I gathered was a building block uh, and a testament for me to understand and how I would share that. And I always felt that knowledge was important to share with others because I felt the importance of having knowledge and sharing it show what type of person you are and they show the experience that you had uh, and developing that as part of that uh, going forward. And that's why as part of my consulting uh, profession right now, I find that training programs such as the Institute of Internal Orders, as well as with ACI Learning, I, I can give that information back. You know, Dominic, I think it's great. Uh, and a couple of different things that you mentioned, I like to highlight here. One of them is, is respect. And I think that that is a very important trait as we think in terms of internal auditors and the challenges that I have witnessed over the years being in this profession, where some people have this uh, this power trip, right? They, they have this chip on their shoulders where I work for corporate, uh, I walk around, I have this authority to, to, to compel people to do things and provide documents and give me access to things. Really, if we take a, a, a softer approach, we are able to accomplish a lot more and achieve the respect that we keep talking about. It is not a matter of being feared as auditors, but being respected as auditors. So I, I think that that uh, respect is, is a very important trait that self, uh, definitely, uh, it sounds to me, helped shape your career. The other right. thing is in terms of knowledge, the, the inbound direction and the outbound. So the inbound in terms of always having that desire to learn. And then in terms of what you just explained at the last uh, part there of your, 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 when you're answering my question, in terms of 
sharing it with others, right? As an instructor, as a teacher. Uh, so, so I believe that that is also very important. So as we think about our careers. Now, you mentioned quickly in terms of what you have done later in terms of becoming a consultant, but how did you make that transition, right? As you went through your educational path and then you ended up in something that eventually got to where you are now, but how did you enter this field? What are some of the things that shaped that career project progression for you? That is great, to, uh, and I'd love to talk about this. It's amazing. When I started, I didn't start an internal audit. Uh, I basically started, you know, in finance and controlship positions mm -hmm. uh, early in my career. Uh, and basically, like you say, I was always on the other side of the table where internal auditors were always there asking me the questions, identifying processes in place, and then how we could go ahead by identifying those processes, identify efficiencies uh, in that process to make things work more effective and better. Mm -hmm. um, I started really learning about that, you know, in my career with financial services, healthcare companies, consumer products, that I actually, in midlife, uh, I actually went and became an internal auditor uh, and started learning about the importance of having good controls, good processes, understanding of how people interact with each other. And that's that's key because processes also are not just all computerized, but need to be from uh, an individual perspective, the human element side, and understand how people understand that and what's important. Because if people don't understand what they are doing, then how they can say that their processes are effective and understand them. So I became more involved, you know, with audits understanding and assisting you know audit teams and identifying what were the controls in place helping process owners understand what they were doing not just like pushing a button or pushing a paper you know but understanding what was the importance of these controls and how they were integral uh, as part of that process and i think that becomes a, a really good growing interest from an internal audit profession is that you want people to understand that they are an important part of the cog of the wheel and that their importance plays to the inter internal controls and plays to the, to the importance of how that process is going to be important for the company in its short term as well as long term uh, and developing uh, certain skills. And I think that was one of the key things that I found that was important to me. Like when Sarbanes-Oxy was rolled around, I found my niche. And I found an area where I found that I can help develop and understand controls, whether it be through Visio or whether through understanding that and helping managers understand this is important and how we can document it, as well as identify if there are any gaps to that process as part of our testing and our controls process. So it really, you know, the other side of the table was really important. And I really do uh, have to admit that these people work very hard and are really uh, key individuals as part of an organization's growth. So, so, so your experience uh, started as a practitioner. So you were on the business side of the organization and then later on you became an internal auditor. So for those individuals who perhaps did not have the benefit of being in the, working in the business and then moving into audit, I would imagine that perhaps our rotation program is a good way to help auditors acquire that experience and have that experience where they understand the other side, right? Be the, the, be the client so that they can empathize and understand how things really happen. I like what you mentioned there as well as about, about the individuals, because quite often, and this is one of the things we also have learned in the profession, is that in many cases when things break down is because an individual either did something that they should not have done or they did not do something they were supposed to do. So, uh, and it could be a Part of it could be lack of knowledge, could be lack of motivation, could be sabotage, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
but there are people behind a lot of what goes on in organizations. So understanding that dimension, I think, is very important as well. Now, I have a question for you in terms of the quality of our work, right? We're always trying to improve what we do, and I like to think in terms of faster, cheaper, better. I like to use those three words to describe that quality element in what we do. So if you were to think in terms of how we can go about, and, and as a profession, how can auditors do better reviews? What will help improve the quality of those reviews? What are some of the things that come to mind? I think just from an, uh, an overall arching umbrella, I think the first thing internal auditors, clients or, or whatever, you need to understand what's the corporate culture of an organization. Mm -hmm. Understand the individuals that work there, how they can be motivated, how they interact with individuals, and how that's going to affect the company's long-term strategy. I think one of the things that where orders can improve the quality of that is understanding that. But in addition, I also find that, you know, orders are not providing efficiencies in an audit business process. Uh, right now, everybody's strapped for time. Uh, mm -hmm. Everybody's looking at it and said, how quickly can you get this done? And what happens is you then lose the quality of that audit. Uh, you're, you're sacrificing time rather than the quality of the audit, not understanding how this is going to affect the corporate strategy, how audit clients need to understand the businesses and the reviews that's going to be meaningful to the process owners and to managers and to executives of the company. Um, they want to find out and say, OK, are we doing well? Are we fine? Uh, that's great. You know, but, but in addition to efficiencies, where can we provide benefits to the organization and use it as a stepping tool for everyone in the organization? I think that's where we need to develop a spotlight on internal audit teams and what they could do. And that is partnering with management and making sure that their work becomes something that's really important and focuses on how to make the company better. You know, I, I like what you highlighted there, because in many cases, what happens is we're in such a hurry to, number one, get the reports out. And there's quite a, a lot of conversation in the profession around that metric. How long after field work you get the draft report? How much after how long after the draft you get the final report out? So that metric is, is, is uh, watched very closely. But the other thing has to do with are we just providing a list of issues or are we thinking deeper into the root cause and the implications and what corrective actions might look like? And I believe that there's a lot of value there that sometimes we are not necessarily uh, benefiting from because we're rushing through and we're not taking full advantage of the opportunity. And I like to think of an audit as an opportunity. Uh, and if we do that, I believe it will serve us quite well. In terms of yeah. collaboration, because quality is not just what we do, it's, it's how we interact with others. Collaboration is a term that we have been using quite a bit in the profession. How can we, and of course, you have the benefit of having worked in, on the business side. So how can we better collaborate with business side? I, I think it goes back to my point where, you know, and auditors need to understand the corporate culture of an organization. Mm -hmm. Once they have a good understanding of what the corporate culture is, uh, they can look at that to see how employees being treated, how management is treating them, um, and understanding what is the pulse of an organization. That's a key word here, um, because I think how an organization acts and reacts to management internally as well as externally. Because remember, we deal 
externally, we are investors, our consumers, you know, we are just not in a bubble. We need to ensure that the pulse of the organization is going to take into effect how management perceives it and how we, as well as external organizations, as well as consumers and investors can see it. So it becomes important that we need to understand that pulse of an organization and making sure that our audit objectives, you know, Align with these corporate strategies as well as to what is out there. ESG is is a is a perfect example of that, mm -hmm. where right now investors, consumers are looking at it as well as regulatory agencies to say, how are you from a transparency perspective identifying good sustainable practices going forward, and how are you going to make that information available not internally but externally to consumers people who buy our products, as well as investors who are going to invest in companies. So it becomes important that, you know, we align the order objectives with the corporate strategies, keeping in mind that we need to address these corporate changes as they go forward. So we need to be agile. We need to move uh, with the organization and address those internal or external changes and understand what those changes are that we can input them in as part of our, our, our audits going forward. This is very helpful because in terms of understanding the culture and how we fit into so that we can naturally and effectively uh, sync up with the organization. And that, of course, is going to help us better ascertain how we want to write reports, how we want to communicate things, the, 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 the split between strategic and tactical or, or operational focus and all of those things. So we'll continue this conversation, but let's take a short break, uh, short break first. Tired of trying to schedule your team's time around in-person learning? Isn't it a bummer to spend thousands of dollars on travel for professional development? What if we said you can save money and time and still provide your team with the best training possible? The answer to your woes is live online training from ACI Learning. With live online training, we provide our top in-person courses in private, online, instructor-led formats. You get to provide professional development in a manner that fits today's expectations. Entertaining, convenient, and effective. Our exam-aligned courses inspire the full potential of your team. Visit virtual instructor-led training at ACI Learning for more info. Welcome back and continuing our conversation with Dominic Claudio from RGP. So as we are looking at the different things that we need to audit, right? And right before the break, we're talking about uh, strategic versus tactical or operational uh, and transactional type activities. But let's talk about technical for a moment. We audit a lot of technical subject areas. And one of the things that always becomes a question mark is, well, how do we audit that? How do we interact with the people who oversee and run the technical side of the organization in terms of systems and platforms and so on? What kinds of things do we need to keep in mind so we can more work more effectively with those individuals? And I think you touch on a very good point, Hernan, because in, in any internal audit organization or staffing, you know, you have your business process, financial process, operational processes, but then you have your IT processes, your your technology, your controls, you know, that are run daily on data systems. Uh, and there needs to be a marriage of that information uh, amongst orders, like a cross-functional training. Because I find today that there are a lot of orders that perform orders in technical areas that may not have a good understanding or the knowledge of those areas. Right. as well as the IT controls that need to be addressed. They may have great expertise from financial, operational, or SOX-minded areas, but from an IT, it becomes important that they understand that. So I think it, it becomes important that we as auditors or our audit teams 
give the time to make sure we have sufficient amount of time and training and knowledge to understand what controls from an IT perspective are going to affect the business area. Mm-hmm. And to understand that so that we can get a general good understanding on how we address our controls, whether it be from an operational or financial perspective. Uh, we've Many times I've seen audits where we said, okay, here are the controls, here's where you have gaps, and but not really understanding how that system collects that data and provides that information so that management or business process owners can use it. So it's important that you know we take the time to train individuals and make sure auditors who are assigned the projects have the proper due diligence to go ahead and learn about these systems and gain that knowledge in specific areas. One, it becomes a training for them on how they can develop fundamental tools on IT controls, but it also gives them the opportunity to help provide efficiencies from a business perspective, where in IT we they can look at things. So I think, if anything, you know, auditing technical areas is more of a learning experience and developing those controls uh, to help them get more uh, rooted in those business processes. You're raising a very important point there because as we look at what's happening now and what's likely to happen in the future, we have seen this migration, right? Uh, Again, financial controls and and dynamics are still important. We have the operational and how processes work and all of that is very important. We spoke briefly earlier about culture as well, but the technology piece, whether it's RPA, whether, you know, robotic process automation, whether it's artificial intelligence, machine learning, there are so many different things happening and the financial in the, in the technology sphere that we need to be knowledgeable about it because most of the organization's success depends on the effectiveness of those systems working the way they're supposed to. And the business model, in many cases, is going to depend on that as well. So right. understanding how these things are, are, are deployed and used becomes very important, which brings me to my next question, which has to do with skills. So what kinds of skills and competencies do you see as being gold uh, as we think about uh, the future of internal auditors and compliance professionals? I think there are two key skills that are the gold standards for internal auditing, and they are listening and communication. I think mm-hmm. understanding where an auditor can sit down with the audit clients and understand the process and document it uh, and explain it back to them mm-hmm. so that they have a good understanding and communicate back to the process owner is key. Um, one of the key things that I find in my training and meeting with individuals from internal audit teams is their understanding of a business process and how they communicate that to individuals. Um, sometimes they get intimidated or, you know, they feel that, you know, that, that there's no reason for that uh, because you're the process owner, you should know about this. But I want to hear from my audit team and say, do you understand the business process as well as I do? Because you may find something from a third party perspective and say, I would not have known about. OK, I also want to make sure that as an internal auditor, there are no surprises, uh, whether, you know, there are new processes being implemented. Does the audit client understand what's going on? Are there key identification of areas or findings that I'm not aware of? Keep in mind, um, time, it becomes an essence in a lot of our tools today uh, from a business process and management perspective, because management says we need to get this done at a certain time. So there may be areas where they may bypass certain controls in place. As an auditor, we should pick up on that and help managers and say, here's where we can find areas that we think you should need to look at and help develop because it'll provide better efficiencies 
for your process. You know, not knowing about certain things or issues until the end of an audit, you know, doesn't really provide a good rapport between the, the client and the audit team. You want to make sure there are steps along that communication that you can strive to make sure that management is aware of what's going on. So at the end, the, the best thing is there's no surprises. You understand that there is key areas uh, of an audit uh, that need to be addressed and that timely communication by auditors to management provides a great collaborative tool and how you can address uh, areas. I think if I had to sum up everything properly from an internal audit perspective, you need to be empathetic to an audit client's concerns mm -hmm. and the shortcomings if they have any and help them get them on board to address what your goals are, what you're trying to accomplish. Right. And, and I think that sometimes we forget that because we, we think independence, right, and objectivity, right. and we are the outsiders. And, and that's ingrained in our minds so deeply that sometimes we feel like we need to remain outsiders. And yes, there's a reason why that's important, and, and we're not going to minimize that. However, if you make yourself such an outsider to the point where you can't relate to them and they can't relate to you, you're going to have a divide. And, yeah. and that is going to perpetuate this problem we have been trying to address for a long time where we want to be able to collaborate with them, understand their challenges, and be able to be supportive and helpful so they can achieve their objectives. But if that is not accomplished, then they are going to continue to move either separately, and not only from a distance perspective, but perhaps in different directions from where we want to go. And, and we definitely need to address that. Now, as far as the experiential dynamics... I'm a big believer that you learn from the different experiences you've had and the projects you have worked for and the jobs you've had in the past and so on. So if you will be kind enough to think about a project that perhaps was memorable in your career and what made it special and what you learned from it. Oh, I think I, I have one that I think hits right to the nail, uh, hammer to the nail here. I think uh, Sarbanes-Oxley uh, was probably one of the most uh, best Topics. As I mentioned earlier, I was on the other side of the table as a finance controllership. So when I joined internal audit, uh, I actually Sarbanes-Oxley was just coming out and being rolled out in 2004. And basically, it was understanding, you know, from a large insurance company that I was working for at the time was what are the controls, what are the processes? And we had to document that information, not only from uh, a financial perspective, but also from an IT perspective. And I really got to learn uh, a lot about an organization's processes and how data was taken and processed, not only internally and then given to a business process manager, but how that information would that translated and given to our financial teams so they could record it on a quarterly, monthly, quarterly, semi-annual, annual basis. So I think, you know, learning from a project and developing my skills as an internal auditor helped me understand what a company's internal control environment is and identifying gaps. And I find that that inexperience that I didn't, they didn't have helped me gain knowledge that helped me focus in those areas, which I became more knowledgeable on and was able to translate and communicate that information, one, to the process owner, two, to management, and three, as part of training, you know, I became an expert in training individuals in these areas, uh, which gave me the opportunity to return something back to an organization. And I felt like developing that learning experience Help me as an individual, as a person, and also help me develop a solid foundation 
on what we want to do from frameworks and processes, which is, if you think about it, is exactly what ESG is going to be all about. It's developing, making sure you have proper sustainable frameworks in place, proper controls and processes. Which standards are we going to be using going forward? So I think what I've learned is going to be definitely a great springboard, but what we're going to be going through uh, with ESG in the coming months and, and future. Th that's great because in many cases, people look at Sarbanes-Oxley exercises as being very repetitive and prescriptive and, and narrow in focus, but you definitely were able to look at that from a bigger perspective and also uh, in addition to what you did in the core as far as those internal controls over financial reporting, look in terms of the communication dynamics and the education that that can also uh, elicit. So now, one last thing I would like to ask, and that has to do with advice for people who are looking at uh, individuals like you and say, well, how can I grow my career? And what kind of advice do you have for someone like me who wants to move from either staff to senior, senior to manager, manager to director, and so on? What kind of career advice would you give someone who's listening in? I think the key thing I would tell anybody in an internal profession is that never stop learning. Mm -hmm. Always search out new auditing techniques. We learn about agile auditing, which is a great topic uh, right now and how auditors are doing certain audits within their organizations. I think learning that is going to be uh, understanding and key, okay? What new tools are out there that me as an auditor would help me provide a better review or analysis uh, efficiency and effectively as part of my audit reviews. I think it's always, you know, you keep your ears open on what management is looking for in audits. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, listening is a key tool, but it never gets old. Uh, learn what's out there. What is management looking for? Because remember, what management is looking for is what they're going to better their strategies for the long term. If you can opine and also align your goals as an internal auditor with management strategies, it makes you look great because everything you're doing is all leading to one clear goal. How do we make provide efficiencies? How to provide effectiveness in our company, uh, whether it be from an internal order perspective or from a business practice perspective? And you can adjust. So never stop learning. Um, I always like to say, you know, that in addition to never stop learning, you know, there's always area where you can provide a sounding board. Uh, for your for for new and upcoming projects, and you need to remember always to go forward that you can have a seat at the table with management by providing these key areas that you think management can use that will help them in the future. So always, you know, you're providing value, sounding board. You know, provide areas where you can provide management and partners information that will help them move forward and provide efficiency. So again, never stop learning, always find new techniques, always find new things that's gonna better you as well as the organization. Dominic, thank you so much for being so generous with your time and sharing your perspective and your insights and helping us grow as individuals and as professionals. Thank you so much, I really appreciate it. 